Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Uh, so you're a mountain biker, huh? I am. My wife and I both. I got her into it last year. Okay. Uh, now, I'm going to confess. I know that traditionalists like yourself hate this. I bought one of those e-bike mountain bikes <laughs> <laughs> tell me more i love it i mean i love it Good. i absolutely love it i you know i'll be 56 this summer so i'm probably quite a bit older than you uh and uh you look like you're in pretty good shape so i kind of and i'm always on the forest roads that are like this with rocks and yeah so man that battery juice kind of comes in handy Does for it me go out? yeah yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what, when I, I am a purist, I am not an e-biker. Uh, I used to be, you know, the guy that's totally against the e-bikers. Oh, you're a cheater, you know, and all that. But then after I calmed down, you know, and started talking to him, I'm like, you know what? Kudos. Kudos to you. And that's okay because there, and it's just like in anything that we have in life and business, there are tools. And yep. you use the tools, right? That tool is getting you outside. It's getting you up the mountain. It's getting you out. That's right. That's right. So That's right. love it. Now, my yeah. wife, I bought her knee, I bought her a bike, not an e-bike, regular mountain bike last year when uh, we got married a couple of years ago. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, I said, honey, let's, I grew up mountain biking, you know, okay. Northeast Tennessee, Appalachian Mountains, Tri-Cities. I grew up in the mountains. Love it. Hiking, mountain biking, everything, camping. Cool. So when we started dating and, and uh, talking about married and everything, I said, let's go mountain biking. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll take my little puffy 35-year-old bike. You're going to hate it. <laughs> Took her to the bike shop, bought her a new one, and she loves it. That's now, nice. we both love soccer. She's been through some injuries. She's been through some surgery. She's retired from soccer. But okay. that's also affected her with, you know, not being able to keep up with, you know, bald guy like me, right, like us. Yeah. So she's a little bit slower and she's okay to admit it. And she's okay with me telling this. So when she sees someone like you on an e-bike passing up, cheater, let me borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all heard it. Yeah, oh, totally. Uh, yeah, I get, I've, I've gotten a couple of looks here and there, but uh, you know, once you get to be my age, you're kind of like, whatever. I, you know, hey, you're out there. You, uh, you, 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 you pegged it. Would I be in the mountains doing camping and hiking and riding in my Jeep? Yeah. But would I be on a trail with a bike without it? No. Right. And so it, exactly. it does, it does put me where I wouldn't be, you know, and, uh, it's a tool. It's, it's a, a great tool. tool. Tell me about a little, little early life there. Mom, dad, siblings. Yeah, definitely. So I'm the youngest of seven, his, hers, and theirs. Mom and dad were both married before they married each other. Dad was born in 30. Mom was born in 44. So you see a little bit of an age gap there, right? It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got, from my dad's first marriage, I have a sister and two brothers. From my mom's first marriage, I have two sisters. And then from them together, I have a sister and me. 
I can. All right. Very good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> your dad, your dad born in thirties. He's still with us or no? No, dad died in 2019. So, and he's my love him to pieces. He is my hero, my best friend. I mean, he was and still is everything to me. What did your uh, folks do? What'd your dad do? So dad had a lot of fun stuff going on. He, he grew up being an officer. Well, let me back up a little bit. He was in the Navy. Okay. And then when he got back, he was a police officer and then uh, he retired. Well, sorry, he was in banking and then he became a police officer and then he retired and he went back to work and did, you know, kind of some maintenance and stuff. And so dad and I, when I was young, when I was 12, I did my own lawn care business and dad helped me quite a bit with that. And that was a lot of fun. We actually uh, had some pretty decent clientele with that. So that, that was involved in a few things. He was the one that really got me inspired to doing, you know, business, real estate investing, saving, you know, being loyal to companies, you know, I mean, dad grew up in, in the depression. Yes. So between being an officer, an accountant, you know, banker, accountant, and uh, just a good old Southern boy, dad was born and raised in Florida. He, that's, he was my hero. He loved the outdoors too and worked his tail off, you know, and so he was home most of the time, but there is a lot of times where he was gone, you know, out working a couple of different jobs and things. Mom was a stay at home mom. Okay. She was a writer. She loves, is a writer. She loves writing. Oh my gosh. To this day, she'll send me emails. And it's like, mom, I, you can say that in one sentence, not, you know, 16 paragraphs. Really? She's so a writer. She's, wow. How about that? Okay. She's a writer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's a, I mean, I tell you what, the way that she raised us kids, she is a Southern belle. Let's love her to pieces. And we are complete opposites. And so we drive each other crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your dad, yeah, born in 30. Boy, those, those guys, uh, that's a different breed, man. They, they, they grew up, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, anybody born in the thir- late 20s, uh, through late 30s, different, I mean, just a different character. You know, they saw, yeah. they've seen so many things. Uh, you know, they didn't throw stuff away. They didn't just run down to Walmart okay. and buy, buy a new, you know, none of, no. Mom still won't. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you were good with business and numbers early on then, huh? That was your, was that your thing? That was, I've always loved numbers. Uh, even in junior high, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, um, you know, cause dad was an officer and, and mom thought everybody was after us. And so we, we moved every year. And this is something that I have not forgotten. See, we moved every single year. I remember switching schools either right before in the middle of school up until junior high, sixth grade That's was enough. the first school that I went through the entire year without moving. And I stayed in the same junior high from sixth to ninth grade or sixth, seventh and eighth grade and stayed in the same high school. Although we moved a little bit then, okay, we still stayed. So when I went into junior high, I entered, you know, in sixth grade halfway through it. I remember uh, in class and I turned a test in, I was the first one to turn in a t- test in math class. Okay. And people were like, oh my gosh, he turned it in before Whitney. Whitney, <laughs> holy smokes, I bet he got them all wrong. And then I like got them all right. And they're like, whoa, who's this freak nerd kid? Yeah. Well, now everybody wants to be your friend. Now Bruno wants to be your friend. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love numbers. I and, and and that's not the saying I'm 
I'm great. I'm perfect. I, I just, I'm curious and I love digging into them. And so that's why, you okay. know, and I'm sure we'll dig into business and stuff later, but that's why I love doing mergers and acquisitions, quality of earnings, financial due diligence, because I love digging in. Why does this do this? You know, it's part of financial forecasting and things like that too. Turning levers, turning knobs, seeing what happens when you do different things. So were you a good kid then, like straight A student, uh, you know? Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 were you a rebel? Like, what, what, kind, what kind of teenager were you? I was crazy. Drove my sister nuts. My sister, and I'm talking about my whole sister that's a year and a half older than me, 4.0, valedictorian, straight A student, Ooh. studied hours a day. Me, complete opposite. Played soccer, was in the band, on the, you know, did oh, you were in the band. Out. I was oh, in band. Okay. Music right. paid for school, paid for college. I was on oh. French horn, trumpet, scholarship. Oh, all right. So cool. That's, that's that's other fun stuff. But I never studied, never turned in my homework, hated it, didn't do it, <laughs> and I still graduated with a 3.25 in high school. How Pissed my that? sister off. How come he always <laughs> gets B's and A's and never studies. And I study my tail off and I get straight A's. I'm like, I don't like studying. <laughs> okay. So you, and you got a scholarship for music to go to East Tennessee? Got a scholarship for music. Yes, sir. All right. Well, wow. All right. Very cool. That was fun. All right. And did you play? Did you, did you play in the band all the way through school? I did through college. I played all the way through up until my last semester. Pretty because cool. since I was in scholarship, I had to be in so many certain bands, right? But my oh, last semester, in order to finish my degree, one of my music classes interfered with one of my, my classes that I needed to graduate. So I dropped my scholarship, paid for school, finished. I had my I had a job with Citigroup at that time who reimbursed me 80% okay. of what I paid. So I went through all of college and paid like a few hundred bucks, all of my bachelors. Wow. And I'm back in school and I'll get my MBA paying 100% for it. <laughs> oh, you have, so you're still finishing up your MBA then? That's I see I, that now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What made you do that? What made you go back for the MBA? You know, so there's there's a lot of things. First, it's what I always wanted to do. Even when I was getting my bachelor's, I said I want to get my MBA, and that's why okay. my bachelor's, my major is in is in Spanish, foreign language Spanish. My okay. minor's in business because I wanted to differentiate myself. I didn't yeah. want to major in business and then go okay. on and get my another business degree. That's what everybody, a lot of people did back then. Okay. And so I wanted to always get my MBA. Well, 20 years later, I'm finally getting it. Why? You know, I'm well-established in my career and everything. There's three reasons, Steve. The, the okay. first one is because I love learning. I love asking questions. I love digging in. I love education. It's a huge, huge deal. It's, I'm, I'm a big advocate for it. Okay. Number two, I love connection. I love connecting with people, learning about them, what right. makes them tick, personal business, everything. And that's why I'm doing an in-person program in Orem at the U Utah Valley University. Go Wolverines, right? <laughs> um, and so when you couple those two together, learning and getting to know others, and you put them and, and basically circle them with a, with a degree in business, then that's where that third one comes in. I get to help them and learn from them. And we get to help each other and bounce off of each other ideas that we know about each other and create businesses and help businesses. So I can grow my firm and help them grow their businesses while we're all just having a blast together because we get along because we know each other. That's great. I, hey, those are three great reasons. And by the way, uh, I'm sure you know this. Most accounting and finance professionals don't have the 
EQ and people skills that you do. I'm sure you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told I am not the typical accountant. <laughs> Seriously. If I met you at a barbecue or something, I would just assume you were in sales right away yeah. because I, of your people I'm, skills. <laughs> I have had so many people tell me that I would do good in sales. Oh, and yeah. I went through years and years and years of saying, no way, not me. Hey, sales, don't want to do it. Until a friend of mine three years ago, we got off of a, a call together and he calls me just by himself and says, Patrick, you'd be good in sales. I'm like, don't give me that crap. I don't want to hear it. He's like, well, hold on a second. He's like, you're thinking about sales, use car salesman. And we've all heard this, right? Yeah, right but right. he's thinking, Patrick, think of it, not sales, but relationships. He's like, exactly. you're great with relationships. So that Bingo. really got me to thinking about it. Bingo. And that's why yeah. I am who I am and do what I do. You know, because, yeah, I, I am the guy working on the quality of earnings and everything, too. But I'm also the guy that's bringing in a lot of business and and helps, you know, connect. Heck, I, I made a three-way connection for people today because they're all in the same industry serving different things. I'm like, you guys got to talk. Man. You know, you know I, just, I love doing that. I love networking individuals together. That makes you super valuable. I mean, even more valuable than a good, just a good, solid CFO. You know, I before I started recruiting from RiderFlex, I ran a couple of $40 million wholesale retail companies. And so I had CFOs that worked for me. If I had a CFO that could deliver great reporting and numbers and good cash flow and networked to bring in business, <laughs> hey, I'll t I'd sign up that CFO all day long. Okay. So a friend of mine says, Hey, I've got a group of companies. I, I need some accounting help. Are you in? Yeah. Let me go chat with who you got. Yeah. And so went in and chatted with, uh, at that time was his controller and we hit it off super well. The conglomerate of companies that we were growing, we needed to bifurcate them and say, okay, there's going to be two different divisions. So he became the corporate controller of this division. I became the corporate controller of that division. And then we started just growing both of them. And then, so we were both reporting to the owners. And so we both separated and did CFO services for all, for all of them. And so okay. he was the kind of CFO for this side with the owners. I was a CFO for this side for these owners. And we were all just pinging back and forth, handling all the CFO levels and everything. So that's when I said, I'm actually a CFO now. So okay. I started out with that. And then, uh, Put in the, my resignation after doing that for a bit. We hired someone to replace me. And I went and did that full time. So I was independent for several years, just doing uh, controller CFO level services. Wow. Okay. That was a bold move right there because you were probably making yeah, it pretty was good. huge. Yeah. I mean, were you married or kids at the time? Any family or I anything? I was. And it was rough. <laughs> uh, did, did I did it? So I know that this podcast team is about, you know, relationships and things. So I'm going to become vulnerable here for a second. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I got married a couple of years ago. Well, mm. uh, I've been married before. So Aaron is not my first marriage. She's actually not even my second. She's my third marriage. Oof. I messed Oof. up. I messed up two marriages Oof. by just stupid stuff, business, everything. I mean, I was, yeah, I did not mm. know who I was. I, I thought I did. But I, I did some, yeah, I, I really hurt a lot of people, you know, working and networking myself to death and some other stuff. And so I had to go through and learn some things, man. So, yeah, was um, I married then? I was. Not to her anymore. Yeah, right. Because you because you came home and said, hey, by the way, I quit my job. I'm going to be fractional. And, you <laughs> and then I worked from home and she didn't know when I was home or when I was home or home, you know, because I'm 
home, but I'm working and yeah, it's, and you can't blame her. There, there was, there was no, there was no delineation at all there. The entrepreneur, but you had the, the entrepreneurial spirit early and it kind of followed you a little bit. So was Still that, does. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. that bug was kind of there, right? It was just always there. Like I want to do my own thing. And, and you figured, man, I can do this fractional stuff and make just as much money, even though it's risky. Uh, you right. know, it's totally risky. Was that the first in 2012 then, I think is when you were kind of the CFO for those two companies with your friend. And then you quit that to, to do fractional. Was that the right. second, was that the second marriage or first that ended right? That there? was the second marriage when I did what that. Ha what happened on the first one? If you don't mind me asking, was that like like no, 18, not at 18, all. 18 years old, <laughs> married for one so, year? What what was the deal? Oh, valid question. So when I was 19, I served a, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Was gone for two years, came back when I was 21, got married, stayed married for six and a half years, had my son. So I have a son who's 19 now from okay. the first marriage. Okay. The reason why that didn't work out is both of us just through some time just learned that we did not understand who each other was, and neither one of us really wanted to put the time in to figure it out. Now, okay. And I've given you the very, the TLDR, as my wife says, the too long didn't read. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, we, we parted yeah, ways. So six years, and then, so your son was, you had a little one then still right in there. Your son had to, he dealt with that. Did he, yep. did he, did he stay with you or did he stay with mom or was it a mix? How did you split it up? It was, it was 50, 50 split. We had 50, 50 custody and that worked out for a while. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then I left for a while longer and she had full custody of him. And then a couple of years ago, he's, we we're back, we're back in each other's lives now. Oh, so there so, was a, there was a, there was a gap there where you and your son didn't have a relationship. There was. Yeah. Ooh. And how old is Definitely. he now? 19. So he's 19. So when he was 17, you guys kind of started to reconcile. Uh, no, it was actually right after he had turned 18, he reached out to me. Uh, actually, he had his mom reach out to me and said, hey, Aiden wants to be back in your life. How do you feel about this? And I said, I am all open, please. I am a different person now. I'd love to, please. Wow, that's okay. So hey, good, 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 good. Does he live close to you? Yeah, he's about an hour away uh, as far as where his parents live. And then he's going down to school at Southern Utah University. So a few hours down. Okay. But well, he's, hey, he's come by a few times. We've had dinner several times. And we, he actually just texted me a little bit ago. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. Very good. Okay, well, good for you. I'm so glad you reconciled. Uh, we've had that situation very similar with uh, one of our children where uh, there was an eight-year gap. Um, and... Um, it was good to, it was good to reconcile and I'm glad that that's over. It was painful, painful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. not, not, you know, better that it's better that we're talking. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things where it's 100% me. It was my fault. You know, just like I said, stupid decisions. No, another podcast for another day. <laughs> okay. So you, so you, uh, but then you got married again the second time. Do you have any kids yep. from the second marriage? Yes, I actually do. I, I have a daughter. Uh, she was six months old when I, and that's when I left everything is when she was six months old. So I do not have any contact with her. She's nine now. When you say left everything, I, I want to make sure we, we share, because, you know, all the listeners can relate. You know, a lot of people come on the podcast and we all want to talk about business and all this. And that's great. But, you know, we're all human beings and everybody that is on the show 
we all have scars, right? I mean, we all, you take, yeah. you take off anybody's shirt and you look on their back, hey, there's <laughs> scars there, you know, everybody's yeah. got them <laughs> somewhere in there. Right. Uh, and we all did dumb shit and I still do dumb shit, but. Oh uh, yeah. We all still do. I do. <clears throat> I get better at 56. I'm I, especially, about <laughs> rela- especially about relationships and, and women in general and my spouse. Like I've gotten so much better because this is my second yeah. marriage too. I've gotten so much more patient than I used. You're familiar with it. Whoa, way more patient, bro. I'm yeah. not even. I'm not even close to the same person I was with my first marriage. I don't think. I'm not even. No, no. I was. I was an asshole and selfish and narcissistic and all the rest of it. Oh yeah, I can relate 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent Now, when my wife says something, I'm just like, yes, dear. There <laughs> you go. Whatever you want, honey. Yeah, you want I... the couch? Oh, you you want the couch on that side of the living room? No problem. Right. I think, I think well, it looks my... great there. <laughs> My wife and I, Aaron, I tell you what, Steve, she is a sweetheart. Like I said, she's my third, but I'm her first. She, and we're the same age. She's a year younger than me. She took a huge chance, you know, on me. I mean, she, she had to go through her hell for a while, too, you know, where she had to go and figure out herself, you know, depression and things like that. So, yeah, none of us are, are perfect. None of us are, you know, and, and as much as we try to be even now, we, we, like you said, we still do stupid stuff. We all still fall short. Sure. And so now I tell you what, man, between who we are today, it's amazing. The relationship that we have is a million times better than I ever would have even imagined. I mean, we were talking, I think it was last night, just about how united, you know, we feel we truly do. That's cool. That's now, a when huge she's blessing. When you first met her, though, like the first date, she's like, so uh, have you ever been married? Yeah, I've been married. Well, she, and then you're like, well, I've been married. Tw- <laughs> I've, been married tw- I've been married twice. And oh, by the way, I have two kids, one kid from each of those marriages. Oh, yeah, I came all out the gate. Guns and she, blazing. No way. She's like this. She's like, oh, man, look what time it is. I got to go. Right? <laughs> She's like, Mom, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, wait, you need me home? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got to go. You, you, you nailed it. We, I was so scared to because I, I guess I put myself in timeout, essentially, is, you know, when I, when I was gone for a bit. And so when I came back and said, okay, now I've learned who I am. Now I know I'm going to kind of ease myself back into, you know, relationships and things like that. So I started dating and I did everything wrong, dude. I started, you know, I started out with everything like that before and it scares them off. So when Aaron and I just met, we met online and then, uh, you know, I had a, and she asked me out first. I loved it. And I still won't let her forget that. And she loves that. She said, Hey, you up for a low key chat is what she called it. You know, Okay. she's like, we we can't do anything online. Let's call each other. You up for a low key chat, essentially. So I'm like, Hey, she asked me out first. She kissed me first too, by the way. That was a long time later. <laughs> but anyway, no. So I, I didn't, I didn't lead on to anything like that. The only thing I said was I, I'd been through some stuff and and made some changes in my life, and I'm, I'm different now through who I am. Maybe I'll let you know that as we get to know each other. <laughs> basically, and there was basically what you said was, "Hey, you see this curtain behind me? Like, there's a lot of right? stuff. Right? There's a lot of stuff behind there, but I'm not going to tell you what it is there, right now." There's a peak. Okay, that's it. That's all you get. But no, there there was another date that we had, one of our first physical dates. Uh, you know, like because I say physical because our first online was just a chat one, right? Or not chat, but yeah. phone, FaceTime. Yeah. So one of the first, or I think it's the first physical one. You know, she she starts saying, "Well, you're different." I'm like, "You have no idea." <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, no, we, 
can I push you on something? You've said the word when okay. I was gone. You've used the word gone a couple of times. I want to, is there something there like gone as in, do you mean, and you, uh, do you mean gone from your faith? Society. Gone from society. Do you mean like checked into rehab? Do you mean like. At, I, was at, in, at, I was in prison. Okay. All right. I was in prison for six and a half years because of some stuff that I did. That was my own fault. I knew there was something. It was there. not financially related. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could tell by the way you're. I'm so, like, what, what, what's, I was. What's... I was literally in timeout. <laughs> literally. Yeah, because you said a couple of times there. when I was gone from society, I'm like, what does he mean? Did he would go to like a monastery? What, what's he talking about? I froze myself for six and a half years and just went to sleep. Now. <laughs> and was it real? Was it real or was it not fair? Type of deal. Oh no, it was real. It was totally me. I confessed to my wife. Said, "Hey, here's what I've been doing." We called the, or she called the police, you know, and I just sit there and, and curled up and sucked my thumb for, as they arrested me. Until, pretty they, much. Until, they no. got, until they got there. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it was, it was totally me completely confessed. It was my fault. 100% accountable for it. Uh, no one to blame, but my own. And I mean to see stupid decisions on my own part. Is I led myself just... down a path that I was gone. Okay. I was, it... I was prideful. I was, I didn't communicate. You know, I, I messed up. I hurt a lot. Of, I have one victim, but I, I really hurt a lot of people with the way I acted. Mm -hmm. And then that right there just shook a lot of primary, secondary, tertiary, you know, victims as far as, you know, family, friends, businesses, neighborhood, church, people who don't know me. I mean, it's, it's, it's impactful. Oh my gosh. I this can't... is vulnerable talking about this. I mean, I, I talk about this with individuals a lot of times, but now I know there's going to be people listening to this who don't know me. So now I'm like, oh man. Well, well, you know, you can, <laughs> we, you know, when we edit, we can always go back and cut it out, cut it out if you want to. So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I would encourage you to just feel, feel free to share. No, and if, you, if you want something I'll out just, of it, we can pick it out. I'll can run it by you? the partners and let them. Yeah. Let them yeah, 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 they yeah, they but, all know, they all know about me. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they have. Yeah. To, I'm sure you had to disclose everything. Is this why you don't have a relationship with your daughter? That's exactly why I don't have a relationship with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Fair, she fair was enough. six months old when I confessed, and then I went to prison and haven't seen her since. That was in okay. two, that was July 31st, 2013. Okay. We'll move on. And from then I got topic. out January 14th of 2020. Can I ask one more question? We don't have to make the yeah. whole podcast about yeah. this. One, one more question on this deal. Definitely. Uh, I had a cousin that I thought was one of the toughest guys I'd ever been around. I mean, the dude was just super tough. Super, he was he's kind of mean. He was rough, rugged, just built like a tank. Just one of those guys, you know, like if when we were growing up, like if, if we ever got in a fight in the neighborhood, we'd always be like, hey, go get Ricky. You know, Ricky will take care of him. <laughs> uh, he he was one, yeah, yeah. He was one of those guys. Anyway, he did some prison time later on when we grew up. And I remember visiting with him as a grown man. And I was thought of him, like I said, as a super tough guy. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, he's like, let me tell you something, man. He's like, prison is not a place you want to be. He's like, it is. He goes, I, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> is it not. as bad? Is it as bad as people say? You know, it's interesting. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, in a lot of places, it's not only as bad, but it's worse. There's a lot of things that people don't know about that goes on in prison. Uh -huh. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a whole, the way that one of my cellies, my cellmates explained it to me, he's like, Patrick, get rid of all the rules you've ever known. 
in society. He said, this is not planet Earth. It's a whole other planet. You're going to have to learn a new set of rules, new game, and you're going to have to figure them out because they change as you go. Man, uh, your faith, because you, you yeah. originally, were you Mormon originally? Was you, were your folks Mormon? I was, yep. My yeah. parents are converts to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And even out of us kids, only a couple of us are members. And, and how about now? Do you, are, are you? I, I am actually, my membership is withdrawn right now due, due to my charges, my circumstance, but I'm working through getting that back. I'm very active. I'm very participating. Uh, and I look forward to today when I can be rebaptizing me back in it. What? Dude, you know, I really admire that. Like, like, wow, <laughs> there, there are, your spirit is so positive. Uh, it, you, you wouldn't, based on everything you've been through, like you would, you could easily just be a disgruntled, angry, <laughs> pissed off guy. Like you could just be one of those guys walking around. I hate the world. You know, life's not fair. <laughs> you know, I did, I, I, you know, all these things. You could easily be one of those guys. Meanwhile, you are the most, one of the most positive, energetic finance and accounting executives I've ever met. I'm going to tell you a couple of fun stories. First, first of all, thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, I, I wasn't always this way. I, I have been for the most, you know, and I actually had a conversation with a buddy of mine whom I met in prison um, about that. But when I was, when I was in high school, I had a pretty good attitude, but not all the time. And so my dad, Derek, and my hero would wake me up. I would go to early morning seminary. You know, it's, it's a church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints study, you know, scriptures and stuff. Because I lived back east, I'd get up and go at 6 a.m. I'd actually get there at 6 a.m. So I'd have to get up at like 4.30 to go. My dad wow. would wake me up and I'd be like, I don't want to be out of bed. I'm you know, angry and everything. And he'd be like, son, I want you to learn how to be happy. And here's how you do that. He said, you find something that's going to make you happy. Soccer practice, a date this weekend, driving your car to you know, whatever in a month. He said, I don't care when, what, where. He said, you just find it right now and you dwell on it until it brings a smile to your face. And he would tell me that every morning when I had a bad attitude. Interesting. And he, he would drill that in me. And along with that, he say, smile. Because if nothing else, they'll wonder what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. I love that. It's so good. Yeah, I really admire it, man. What a wonderful story. This is going to be a great podcast where here's somebody who, yeah, I mean, been divorced twice, ended up, you know, in, in a bad situation. Uh, you could, you could have easily, you could easily have gone down the wrong path from this, from that point forward and just turned into, yeah. you know, li a lifelong bad guy. And I've seen guy. friends do that. And man, you, you, you're just like, Hey, psh, what, are you, what are you talking about? I just married my, my third wife. Who's awesome. Um, I'm reconciled with my son working on my daughter, yeah. by the way, got a great job working for a great company, working Get on my, my MBA, work, working on my <laughs> yeah. MBA. I mean, that's so awesome, bro. I mean, really. I'm I, blessed. I am truly dude, blessed. Trying to get back into the church. Uh, you yep. know, I mean, good for you, man. I mean, really, yeah. that's a that is that is that is cool. I didn't know any of that about you before the podcast. So well, you know, I already I I already admired your resume before, but now I'm just like, <laughs> wow, okay, now I'm even more impressed. Well, uh, thank you. Something cool. that something that someone actually two things that that still impact who I am today. 
those that come out, there's two types of people that come out of prison. Those that come out bitter and those that come out better. And mm. I, I've chosen to be that second person. I That's mean, I worked my tail off. I was in, I read hundreds of books, studied all kinds of religions, studied all kinds of other things, even kept up with my studies, you know, as far as school, I, I got my hands on every single like Book, including that green one right there. I got that one from prison. Actually, I got three of those books while I was in there. No, four of them. The first, the first four on the left while I was in there. Studied all that. I've wow. got another couple, you know. So I just I learned to, and someone else that said something made an impact. They said you can either spend time, waste time, do time, or invest time. And so I chose to invest my time. That's another good one. Interesting that you came back to um, the religion you grew up with, having had a chance to study all kinds of it during that time. and probably International religions too, yeah. You know, interesting that you came back to your roots on that and didn't end up following a different path. Any, 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 any thoughts there? Yeah, any? definitely. It's, it's something that means a lot to me because of what I've learned. I mean, I became super duper. I've always been interested in other religions. Growing up in the Bible Belt, I went, I've been to Catholic, Protestant, uh, let's see, Presbyterian, Lutheran, I can't remember what else. I've been to every vacation Bible school you can think of and loved it. And so yeah. while I was in prison, learning about Muslim, Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, all of that. And some of my best friends are atheists. And just having these conversations helped me to learn about, okay, who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? What do I want out of life? What's it going to take for me to get there? Mm. And how does all that become me? Man. And so that's why I've come back to, as you put it, the religion that I grew up in, because now I fully understand who my Heavenly Father is, mm. who my Savior Jesus Christ is, why they exist, why I exist, and then how I can go back and live with them. And that, that means the world to me. And there's a lot of religions that really, in, in my thoughts, Steve, a lot of them believe very, very, very similar. They're almost oh, all yeah. in oh, line, yeah. just kind of oh, different yeah. parallels. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Yep. And so that just means to me, it's, 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 it's a choice. It's a choice that I make. And it, the more I make it, the more solidified I feel in it. Mm. And you, I can apply that to religion. I can apply that to marriage. I can apply that to business. It's all a choice. We have these choices and choice is the most powerful thing that we have. Why over the last 40, 50 years, have we just drifted away from religion further and further and further and faster and faster as a country? It seems like it, it, it just, maybe I don't, I'm not an expert on this. So the listeners can, you know, jam me up with comments on this episode. But it, I, I think if you look up the stats, there are fewer and fewer and fewer people going to any kind of church or anything yeah. like that. And, and the, the social media push feels like it's pushing away from traditional, uh, you know, Christianity and religion. And, you know, now it's not cool to do that or whatever. Why? Why is that happening? What, what, what are your thoughts there? You know, I, I think it's a wonderful and very valid and deep. And I love this question. I was actually talking with my in-laws. We had dinner with them last night and we had almost this exact conversation. It's something I think about quite a bit because my son, you know, he's a great example. He's LGBTQ and he doesn't believe in God. You know, he's, ag he's, he's agnostic right now. And we have this conversation. So why 
I yeah. feel like it's because, and, and I don't want to, I do not mean to offend anybody yeah. here, yeah, but this is my opinion, okay? Yeah. And whether it's right or wrong, it's mine. It's my yeah. choice. Which I you should be, which, which you, which you should be able to express, by the way, I, without. I will express it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will. I, yeah. I believe that a lot of people take the easy route. Okay, the easy route being, well, you know what? If something easier comes along, I'm going to take that route mm. because it's, it's the, it's the way out. Now, I'm not saying they do it because they want to have an easy life. Yeah. I'm saying they do it because it's easy to do and it fits what they think. For me, it's not easy to abide by my religion. It's, true. it's not easy to believe in God. It's not easy to believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. It's very difficult because I don't see them. I don't hear their voice. I don't shake their hand and talk with them. So that's hard. Plus, but it's a lot easier me, to it's a lot easier to sin. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I can go drink, smoke, do whatever I want, yeah. and yeah. have and have what I think are zero repercussions from it. However, with my beliefs, and this is where I believe that you know Christianity as a whole or any of us, I believe that if we really understand account, I'm an accountant. Okay, I love accountability. If we understand accountability and consequences then that can really ground us. And mm. I believe that that's what religion is based on. It's Agreed. understanding consequences and where are we grounded. I am grounded in my faith in God. I'm grounded in understanding where I fit in his life and where he fits in mine. That's not easy. And I feel like that's why a lot of other people drift away or do other things that become easier, mm. you know, because it allows them to do things that they feel removes accountability and consequences. Mm, no, I I'm never not thought judging that. anybody for that. I'm just saying that's my thoughts. I've been there, and that's why I can say that. I'm the guy that went to prison. Let's remember that. Right, right. So I can say that because I <laughs> didn't feel that there were consequences. I did not ground myself. Wow. But this is how I learned all this. Wow, that's, that is interesting perspective, and I uh, never thought of it that way. But, yeah, that, that sounds right to me. It is kind of easier to not believe and not have any rules for yourself and not hold yourself accountable and all yeah. the rest of it. It is easier. Never thought of it that way. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Wow. I got to share that with my wife. She's going to think that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Cause we were, we've, we've talked about some of that stuff lately too. I grew up in uh, Oklahoma and my mom was uh, full blown Pentecostal assembly of God and still is by the way. Nice. Uh, I've, know, been there. I, I've been to AOG a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> every time I, every time I go home, you know, she's trying to resave me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I get all of it. I appreciate you sharing that. Wow. What a blessing. Now, let me make sure I understand. When he's walking through the prison as a bishop to minister and witness and, and help people, which is a volunteer thing he's doing there, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. He did not know that you were in that facility no. and he just sees you. Yeah. That is, I mean, <laughs> talk about it. Talk about a higher power. I don't think that just happened by accident. Exactly. <laughs> and you ask, why do I come back to my religion? <laughs> I mean, and any, and any Christian religion can believe that, but that's, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I believe and in then, miracles. And then for the partners to sign off on it, another huge, brave move on their part. Uh, yeah, exactly. Really. They took a huge chance, huge, wow. huge chance on me. Wow. Do you get that job like right after you get out or like, is it a year, two years? What, what's the time? Well, it, it took, it took a few months to convince them. 
Dude, I what a story, man. This could almost be a movie. I mean, seriously, somebody <laughs> can make a TV show on this deal. Uh, have you thought about writing a book? I, I actually have. I've thought about just publishing my journal because I'm not a writer. My mom's a writer, but she can write my book. My wife could do it. My my journal is like 1,200 pages long from Oof. prison. Actually, okay. prison journal is 1,200 pages. I was in jail for six and a half months before prison, and that that's like another 600-some pages. And I'm just like, just publish my journal when I die. Just every single manuscript uh, or something. Yeah. Maybe we you will know. someday. I'm going to introduce you to the ghostwriter that we used for our book, okay. Writerflex. Uh, we we launched a book this last year uh, from, cool. the, from the from the podcast episodes. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to the ghostwriter because I think you got a wonderful story. I, I love your personal story. I can see why they have you there, bro. I mean, not only are you smart, you're experienced, you. you're, you're, your people skills, like I mentioned earlier, are exceptional. I, bro, I, I can't tell you how many CFOs I've worked with. It's like, you know, Sometimes it's like talking to a tree trunk, you know, like, come on. <laughs> come on. Well, I love life, Steve. I really do. And I mean that. I love and life. I, I love working uh, with people. I think that's special. Yeah. You, you are a special breed for sure. What a story. I think you should write a book. I'm going to introduce you to my ghostwriter. Please do. <laughs>